joining us right now is a very fine baseball writer, and he's just a fine writer, and he's also an, an opera singer extraordinaire, and that is the one, the only Dave Shining. How are you, Dave? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, I don't know. Have you ever uh, – I was leaving this to talk to uh, – we're getting RJ on at about 11.05, Richard Justice. Have oh, you ever boy. bet? Have you ever bet on baseball? Uh, gosh. Um, no. In fact, I, I've never even done fantasy baseball, which is semi-betting. Okay. I, I ne- never, 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 I've never even been tempted to. I, I just I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a gambling man. I guess. But, I just, but it's you, not something. But have you talked to people that have bet on baseball? You understand the premise that you know pretty much ninety eight percent of every dollar bet in baseball is bet on the pitcher who the starting pitching matchup is. That's how um, the odds are determined. That's how the runs are determined. Uh, yeah. I'm wondering if if Kevin Cash's new theory of uh, using opening pitchers can survive the moment when really legalized gambling takes over and people are able to bet on these games legally Nobody would bet on a Tampa Bay game on the nights that huh. Diego Castillo or Andrew Kittredge is pitching, no matter who the opponent pitcher is, because right. you just simply don't know how to derive. Uh, can can the Tampa Bay starter dominate the game, or is he going to get is he going to get right. bombed? It's just it's a it's a real monkey wrench in 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 betting baseball. Well, you're right, and I mean it's it's a real monkey wrench in in a, a number of different ways, including the way pitchers are compensated in baseball in in the arbitration. Uh, that's system. a great, yeah. Uh, you know, free agency. A lot of times, uh, pitchers have incentive clauses in their contracts um, based on the number of starts, the number of innings pitched, uh, because it's always been uh, against the rules to do incentive clauses based on things like ERA and right. and strikeouts. So they always have done it about innings pitched and starts. Um, and and th- that's another thing that's going to be uh, compromised because of this, this you know, this new system that the teams are adopting with the, the opener. So there's a lot of implications. Uh, and really what it goes back to, I think, at fundamental level, I mean, that's, that's one thing that might be good for individual teams, but it's terrible for the game as a whole. And I yeah. think that's that's the problem that we're having in baseball now with analytics, um, you know, creating smarter systems and smarter front offices. Um, but but it's not good for the overall state of the game. You know, it's it's interesting. I'll take it one step further. I, and and again, I don't know how you'd exactly police it because there are injuries involved. But I'll bet that the moment the, um, the critical mass of, of legalized gambling starts to take over in more and more states and baseball wants a piece of that, I'm going to say that they're going to legislate that you have to be pretty open about who's going to start games and that they have to be truly starting pitchers. And how that will be defined, I don't know. But I don't think uh, baseball will allow Kevin Cash to do what he's doing in two or three years from now. That's an interesting thought. I, I had never really considered that. I mean, I don't know how. I, I mean, I just think the lines are going to be increasingly blurred, mm-hmm. and you're not going to have relievers per se and starters per se. You're going to have 
a whole staff of, you know, 12, 13 guys who can all throw three innings at a time. It's going to be uh, it's going to be impossible for people to bet on baseball if that's well, the way it goes. It's just really I mean, going to yeah, be. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's going to be baseball's chief concern. Yep. With 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 how the game is played going forward. I mean, they're going to be more concerned with is this turning off eyeballs and fans yep. and TV ratings and attendance. Well, you hit like on that. you hit on some of the other reasons too. It's just, uh, it just doesn't seem like as an industry, it's really workable. To, to go to have all the teams start to go to this, you know. Right. right. I, I can see it maybe out of five starters trying to cut back on using that fifth starter because he's usually pretty bad. But, right. Uh, we'll see. Hey, right. the reason I had you on wasn't to talk about gambling. It was to talk. It was <laughs> Thank ta- God. It was to talk about rainstorms and uh, what perfect weather we have as a backdrop to your story the other day on Brian Mazzone. Uh, Philadelphia right. Phillies longtime prospect. It's 12 years since September 5th, uh, 06. How did you find out about this story of someone whose major league dream was kind of made and then shattered all in one day? Well, I honestly, I just remember the news story the day it happened. Uh, I, I, you know, I was the national baseball writer of the Post. Right. I, you know, I'm constantly checking the, the 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 newspapers and other cities, other markets, and I just saw the story that this 30 year old minor leaguer's uh, major league debut got rained out, and then they sent him back to AAA, and. You know, of course, I'm just like, oh God, that's that's horrible. Yeah. And I, I, I just kind of filed it away, um, not even not even in a notebook or on a computer. I just kind of mentally filed it away. And I remember going back a few years later to see whatever happened, if the guy had ever made it to the big leagues again. And sure enough, he he had not. And he bounced around a few more years after that. Uh, eventually retired, and I, I kept. I kept it kept na- nagging at me, mm-hmm. and um, I, once he retired from the game, I just I you know I knew I was going to write about him someday, and then the trick became you know finding the time to do it, mm-hmm. finding the time in my schedule, and and I also felt like the more time that that passed, the the more poignant the story became because you get this guy to middle age now, forty years old, he, you know there's no more thought that you know maybe i could come back some you know as a 37 year old lefty right. and try to and and, and so that i i wanted some time to go by but i was also really worried that somebody else was going to think of it and, and do it before me <laughs> yep. so it was it was a bit of a calculated risk you know it's interesting just the other day i remember when the toronto blue jays were in baltimore about two weeks ago i think they put in murph smith who, yes. I, who was, th- I think, 31 years of age. He was the oldest Toronto Blue Jays player to ever make his major league debut. Also a pitcher, but not a starting yes. pitcher. And right. he was released about seven or eight days later. He was yeah, designated you know, for assignment. We we love those stories, right? I mean, we love the the rookie, the, the, the guy who, the 37-year-old guy who made his debut for the Tampa Bay Rays, and they made a movie of him. We yeah. love... You know, we even love Moonlight Graham, who who played an inning of defense in 1905, never got to bat, but then he he wound up being in Field of Dreams. You know, we just we love that story of the cup of coffee guy, and then and then you know by by contrast, I think we all feel the pain of this guy Brian Mazzone that I wrote about, who 
worked his entire life and was never a prospect, never a never the best player on his high school team. He was undrafted, the independent leagues, and here he finally gets his shot uh, ten years into you know his minor league career, and it gets rained out. And he never makes it back, and you and he has to live with that the rest of his life. And 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 people really, really connected with the story in a way unlike really just about anything I've ever written. The story is a lifelong dream washed away. The major league shot he chased his entire life finally arrived. Then it drowned. It's about Brian Mazzone. It's in the Washington Post. Uh, you can Google it. Uh, and uh, read about it. It was written on August 30th of this year, but the anniversary of that date was September the 5th, which is ironic because that's the day here in Baltimore that we celebrate each year as uh, the day Cal Ripken tied <laughs> Lou Gehrig's consecutive game streak, and this guy couldn't even get a streak of one game going. How, how, how uh, poignant's the right word. Is Brian bitter over it? Did it take a while for him to get over it? Uh, how did you find him to be? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, as an athlete and as, and as, a, as, a, as, as a guy, you know, he's not prone to thinking about it. You know, he's prone, you know, he, he's able to compartmentalize it. Um, so when I was asking these tough questions, of him, you know, there, there are questions that like he, he never put himself through really. Mm-hmm. So, so he would claim, of course, that, you know, he, he, he's over it. He got over it. Uh, he chalks it up to whatever is bad luck. It's just, it's just something that happened. But, you know, when I probed him and I, and I, you know, got in deep with him and sort of asked these tough questions, I mean, you could tell that, you know, you could tell that it's still eight at eight at him. Yeah, that's exactly the term I was going to yeah. use. It eight. And Adam. I mean, there's a little bit of bitterness. You know, sure. he he thought he deserved that shot. He thought that um, he he had at the very least deserved a September call up when rosters expand after the uh, after that he he went back and pitched in the AAA playoffs. He fully expected to be back in Philly that year. He was 13 and three with a two ERA in AAA. He deserved that shot, and he thought he was going to get it. And so there is, I think, still some bitterness there that that came through you know ironically i noticed that in 2000 the the next season he pitched at ottawa i think which i think was an oriole farm club no it was not actually at that time uh they were they were building a new stadium okay for for the phillies triple a in in uh it was going to be lehigh valley Stadium wasn't ready yet, so they they played one okay, gotcha. uh, year. They played one year in Ottawa. So then the Orioles went there after that, I think, for yeah, a couple yeah. of seasons. All right, we're talking with Dave Shinen again. The piece is a lifelong dream washed away. The major league shot he chased his entire life finally arrived. Then it drowned. It tells the story of Brian Mazzone's one day on a major league roster. Do we know how much money he made for that one day? He made nothing because uh, he he wow. was never he was never added to the roster. Um, oh, not, okay, I got yeah, you. Tec- technically, he he never had to yeah. be activated. Okay, correct. They they weren't going to make that move until right before the game uh, because he was not on the forty man roster, and so. 
to, and they were full on the 40-man roster. So to add him to their roster, they would have had to uh, subject somebody else to waivers and, and possibly lose the guy. So it was not a move they were going to make until they were sure the game was going to happen and they were going to need him. So he never had a, a thing. He never has a day of service time. Uh, nothing. Wow. I mean, he, it's like it's did, like he never existed. Did he get to keep the uniform that they had given he did. him? Okay. He did. They gave him they they gave him the home and the road jerseys uh that that were in his locker when he got there. Uh and he and he has them in 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 shadow boxes uh um in in his attic, you know. Now I mean, the, uh, the way the weather was, was there ever a lineup card that was created by then the manager? Ooh, that's a great question that I never asked. Okay. I wish I had. All right. Um yeah, that would have been a nice memento as well to give to him. Hey, we're uh, we're talking about Brian Mazzone, the pitcher. Uh, I'm a I'm a writer of some uh, repute, uh, <laughs> and it's mostly always opinion stuff. You yep. wrote this piece. I felt like I was reading it, and I was reading it. The sun was shining outside my hotel room in uh, Paramus, New Jersey, last week, and yet I felt like it was raining in my room. How did you <laughs> get back as an artist? and recreate the feeling and make it so soggy and rainy and dreary? Well, partly, and I appreciate that, by the way, but partly that was um, asking him very precise questions to walk me through that day where he was, you know, and when he told me he went to the dugout and and he went out and kind of looked at the skies and, and... and he and he and he and he oh, took that walk up the three steps of the dugout to the field level yep. because he'd always envisioned doing that. I knew immediately that was going to be my lead, yep. and so I had him walk me through that whole thing. I, I went I went back to uh, Citizens Bank Park and I walked. I made that walk myself from the clubhouse mm-hmm. out to the dugout just to to see you know what what he walked past, what he was looking at, you know, just, and you know I just wanted to describe that really. Completely, they not only We're talking with Dave Shine and Dave. We just lost you there for a minute. Can you repeat that? You were talking about that. Yeah, I just as soon as he told me he out and walked up those steps, I just I knew that was going to be the lead of my yep. story, and so I had him describe it in, in, in as precisely in detail as he could and I asked him you know a ton of questions just about every minute detail yeah. of that so I could recreate it as the lead of the piece yeah the line as long that single paragraph single sentence paragraph as long as he lives he will never forget that rain was just uh, brilliant brilliant right. um, thank you uh, we're talking about Brian Mazzone what is he doing today do you know yeah, he's uh he he sells uh medical devices to That's right. It's in the piece. Yep. Yep. Yeah, is you know, I didn't make a big deal of it. I did I just made a fleeting reference to it. That's that's kind of what it, you know, and he's raising two boys who are one of them's a teenager now, the other one's I believe 11 or 12 and he, you know, coaches their baseball teams. He's, you know, he he'll go out and throw batting practice and throw 200 pitches a night. Uh, like five times a week to his kids and his and his kids teammates in batting practice because you know I mean as a major league pitcher as a lefty who who didn't have a, a great fastball I mean he had to be precise and locate well and so he can go out there and throw a beautiful BP 
for hours at a time. And you tracked down Randy Wolf, didn't you? Who was the yeah. who would have been the the, the scheduled starter that night, uh, but but he was coming back from an injury, wasn't he? Well, it wasn't that he he had so the Phillies rotation had gotten out of whack because they had had back to back double headers because of weather. That's, that's and, right. Yep. Yep. And so they had a crunch of pitchers, and, and they didn't have anybody rested enough to pitch that night. So that's why he got called up. But then with the rain out, Randy Wolf was back on his regular rest, and so th- gotcha. he was lined up the next day, and so they didn't need Mazone anymore. Yeah, and Randy, of course, remembered it uh, being kind of poignant and remembered feel- being upset for the kid. Yeah, no question about it. Yeah, and, you know, that, that confirmed to me the premise of the story because for a – for a while there, I was I was really living in fear that I cared about this story way more than anybody else and that nobody was going to care, that I, I was going to write this big, long story and everybody was going to be like, well, why should I care about this guy? But when Randy Wolf and some of the other Phillies I talked yeah. to, when they described to me how it affected them, I knew that I, I knew that the story was going to resonate. Well, it definitely resonated. What kind of response have you gotten to, from the story? Did you get well, more? Did you get more out of this story or the Palmer story about his DNA? It's been very similar. Yeah. Um, you know, with the Palmer story, I heard from a lot of people who were affected by it because of adoption, because of you know they've yep. been adopted, they or they they did their genealogy and figured out this or that and. And it it affected people in a different way. This story was more universal, mm-hmm. I think. I heard from a lot of people who just, you know, their heart went out. We lost you again. Dave Shining. Are you there? Are you there? Dave, you you're still there. We we lost you there for another minute. So I think that's telling us from the gods above that it's time to let you go. I really okay. appreciate your coming on and talking about this. A terrific, terrific piece. Okay, sure thing, Stan. I appreciate it. All right. Dave Shine in Washington Post.